Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. They'll do everything they can to save you money while also doing everything they can to make sure you are fully insured. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. It's 11 and 15. And Hummel's Wharf. Okay. All right. Our play-by-play call of the day. Oh, for Bills fans, it felt like a Scott Norwood moment all over again, trying to tie it and get it to overtime. Tyler Bass. Placement down. Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good! A little prophecy! Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick. Kansas City will next snap with a 34-yard And the Chiefs will take over at the point of the missed kick. Their own 34-yard line as Tyler Bass misses this wide to the right. Mitch Holfus with the call on the Chiefs radio network. Mitch has called more than 500 Chiefs games in his legendary career. And, uh, yeah, wide right. Words in Buffalo, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear wide right. Same thing with Florida State football fans when it comes to um, playing Miami in football. Yeah. So. Did you see the video by chance online of the the Chiefs fans putting the fan beside the TV so it looked like the fan blew it right before the kick? (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, I'm sure deep down in their heart they thought it made a difference. I'm sure they did too. Uh, and it, uh, like, I walk around the chair counterclockwise when it's close. Like, no, don't do that. Just, uh, you know. Now, one of the great broadcasters and a man that was very, very nice to me, uh, Larry Zimmer. Long-time radio voice of Colorado. Uh, Long-time voice of the Denver Broncos. Uh, And and again, to me, could not have been any nicer to me during the course of my career uh, in looking around at uh, certain things. passed away yesterday at the age of 88. He was on KOA. He was in Denver. He was the guy. I mean, you want to talk about uh, great especially Colorado calls. He had some incredible Colorado calls along the way uh, that were like, 
holy mackerel, uh, just phenomenal, besides what he did with the Denver Broncos. And, uh, but 88 years old, Mark Johnson's now the play-by-play voice of uh, Colorado. Mark's a great guy, too. I mean, I've, I've had a chance to run into Mark, talk with Mark uh, many, many times. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, you talk about a legendary career. He had a legendary career, Larry Zimmer did. May not be uh, uh, a household name to people here, but Larry uh, was as important to the Denver Boulder area as anybody would be in media. Uh, and yeah, so a four hundred eighty-six Colorado football games, twenty-two bowl games, five hundred twenty-five men's basketball games. Uh, that's just with Colorado. Uh, and then with the Broncos, he was the color analyst from 71 to 89, play-by-play from 90 to 96. He called more than 500 Broncos games, including 20 postseason games, four Super Bowls. I mean, that's, that's quite a run. Uh, it's quite a run. So. You talked about great calls. I'm guessing the one everybody might know is the uh, Hail Mary that by Cordell Stewart in Michigan. Oh, in the late goodness, 90s. Gra- <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Yes, uh, that that definitely is one of them. I'm trying to I'm trying to call it up here because uh, they got a lot of his Broncos calls on here, but I don't want his Colorado calls because his his call he makes on Rashawn Salam going over two thousand yards is a great call too, um, and yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to call that up, and and hopefully we can get that you know, skip ad. Yeah, skipping ad would be good. Uh, but yeah, he had some. I mean, the one, that, yeah, the one about the uh, about the Stewart to Westbrook play in the big house, and then Penn State went in there a few weeks later, and Penn State beat Michigan when uh, Kerry Collins hit Bobby Engram late in the game to win it. Uh, but yeah, he had a. An inc- what I mean, talk about a great run. You get into a market, and then to do what he did in the market, I mean, you know, you become the voice of the team like that, or multiple teams, including the pro team, as well as the uh, the college team. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. He, uh, yeah, it's I give him a lot of credit. I was going to say a lot of people probably across the country don't know Bill Hargrove and, and Merle Reese, but it's, I'm assuming it's kind of the same deal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he you know, uh, and he had a lot of those memorable calls along the way. Uh, just like Merrill had so many signature moments. Let's see here. Let's. This might be the Colorado one here against Michigan. Uh, Penn State fans will appreciate it. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Buffaloes. Time has run out. Stewart throwing it to the end zone. The ball's in the air. Caught. Colorado scores. The ball is tipped, and the Buffaloes came up with it. Time has run out. Colorado has won the game. Colorado has won the game. And Michigan did not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, just great moments such as that. This guy called during the course of his career. Um, I know that uh, Penn State fans will be like, uh, uh, you know, they hear Rashawn Salam like, oh, he won the Heisman. It should have been Kajana Carter or, um, or um, Terry Collins. Uh, well, they kind of cancel each other out. Um, and but he still made a great call on it. And look, the guy did go over two thousand yards. Uh, I mean, I, you know, and it, he was. Uh, in just an important part of it. So I just want at least, and again, whenever I dealt with him and talked with him, and I'm not going to get into things that we talked about that was between the two of us, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, he was tremendous. And I can't say enough. I mean, a first-class guy, first-class guy. So Maybe I'm a person people here have heard of, but if you were in the mountain time zone, oh, you heard of him. You heard of them. Uh, there are a lot of great broadcasters out there. Larry Zimmer was one of them. All right. Nick Sirianni. He and Howie Roseman Wednesday will have a joint press conference together. That indicates he's back. Sean Desai, to quote Dick Girardi, gone. Matt Patricia, contract out, gone. Brian Johnson, gone. Leading candidate to be the defensive coordinator, Ron Rivera. I'm kind of grimacing. Oh, come on. I don't know how much that one excites me. How about Jim Bob Cooter as a possible replacement as offensive coordinator? One of my favorite names of all time, I... I guess we can give both of them a chance, but neither neither excite me. They got hold. That's the thing that's remarkable about the Eagles. In a year, they got old. Bradbury got older. I mean, he just played a, like a step off all year. Fletcher Cox had some good moments, but he got older. Jason Kelsey got older. Um like I said, Lane Johnson's tipping plays because of stance, because he's older. He knows he can't get back as quickly as he used to, so he's you know, trying to come up with, you know, ways to um, compensate. And Jalen Hurts struggled. Yeah. Now, whether uh, you know, and and the young guys that were supposed to pick up the slack for a couple of these guys haven't done it. I'll say this: Nolan Smith's going to be a good player. You can see that. Love the energy he brings off the edge. He's a good player. But Nicobe Dean been hurt, hasn't done much. Carter last third of the season didn't do anything. Jordan Davis is continues to just like tread water. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that's also been a problem. One of the problems that they have had is that when you've got older players and you're trying to transition, and the league is is difficult because of the way the league rules are. I mean, I was talking about, for example, with the cap rules. Why isn't Robbie Gold out there kicking instead of Jake Moody? 
money. Right? I mean, the 49ers felt that they couldn't afford even the base that they would have to give Robbie Gold to kick as a long-time tenured veteran. Right? Now, it almost cost them. It almost cost them a game with Green Bay. Right? And then you look at uh, Mason Crosby. Right? Long time with the Packers. And like at the end of his career, maybe a little more up and down, but you feel like a reliable guy when you need it. Right? Now it's Andres Carlson. The Packers weren't going to keep him because of money. Well, you know, so you need young guys to come through because of the way the structure of the league happens to be. Uh, and the Eagles did not have the young guys come through. It just didn't. Uh, meanwhile, former Eagle Zach Ertz is signing with the Detroit Lions ahead of the NFC Championship game. That's the Namikin Sue plan only on steroids waiting to the before the NCAA and N- NFL or NFC championship game to sign. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so now I mean it's just I mean he's not going to start. I mean, this is, you know, Sam Laporta is the guy, right? And he's an exponentially better player at this moment than Zach Ertz is. Uh this is not the Zach Ertz that played 6 years ago in the Super Bowl or 7 years ago whatever it was in the Super Bowl. Um I mean, Laporte is way better than he is at this hour. Uh, but, yeah, um, good close games throughout, except for the second half of the Baltimore-Houston game. Baltimore just played great. Um, and, again, Patrick Mahomes put together a great performance. But why did Patrick Mahomes put together a great performance? His receivers caught the ball. I mean, it's amazing what happens when just something as simple as that. I mean, we can go through all the in-depth and, well, you know, the way they ran into the B-gap. And they're going, oh, for God's sake, I hate when I'm watching guys on TV and they start talking about A's and B's. I'm like, come on. You just explained to everybody what happened on the play. Hey, okay. I, I got a feeling you know the game. It's good. It's up to you just to kind of like tell me in layman's terms what the heck happened. Right? And I'm sitting there like, look, I know what a one technique, three, seven, five technique happened to be. I know what an A, bat, a B gap. But, geez, stop trying to explain things like to the average fan in such a way where you're, you're trying to impress them with your knowledge of the game. Like, come on. I mean, how many times have you ever heard Jack Ham talk about the A, A gap, B gap, one technique, three technique? Have you ever heard him say anything in 24 seasons like that? Or has he explained the game in such a way where you walk away going, yep, I know what happened? I would say B. Yeah. <laughs> he has never used A gap, B gap, one technique, three technique. You don't need to impress the audience. He's already Jack Ham. They're impressed enough. So now he's going to tell you exactly what happened and why. I mean, really. I mean, that's about, you know, ah, crazy. So now, so let's go to simple. Sometimes simple's the best way to do it. What did the Chiefs do differently yesterday? They caught the ball. Now, they also, with Pacheco, who didn't play the first time, that was the kind of tough, hard-nosed running that the Chiefs needed. But Pacheco, to his credit, delivers that most of the time. He really does. Um, But then when you mix in, when they wanted to throw the ball, 
they threw the ball because the ball was being caught. Valdez Scantling has really struggled this year, as has Watson catching the ball. I'm trying to think of Watson may have had one catch yesterday. But that game against the Eagles, how many drops did Watson have in that game? And he even missed the ball on the punt that trickled into the end zone for a touchback. See, that was one of those games. I always feel that 90% of games that I watch are won. And I feel like 5 to 10% of the games I'll watch are lost. Okay? That night when Kansas City played Philadelphia, the Chiefs lost that game. I mean, they lost the game. The Eagles didn't really... I mean, the Eagles ended up being the winning team, but they didn't win the game. Kansas City lost the game. I mean, every once in a while you get a game like that. Uh, Saturday I had one of those interesting ones. It was 16 nothing. Okay, so you go into the game and you and I say you and I are talking, Todd, for the game. You'd say, you know, Steve, I, I've got a vision. I said, sure. Penn State's going to hit eleven threes. And Bruce Thornton, who by the way is a heck of a player, I like Bruce Thornton a lot. The leading scorer for Ohio State's going to go one for nine. How much does Penn State win by? I watched the game too, so I know I know the outcome. But I would say they would probably be a fairly good chance of winning a game like that. Hitting eleven threes, they outscored Ohio State thirty-three to nine from the three-point line. Thornton, who's a heck of a player, was one of nine shooting. But they start out with a sixteen-nothing lead because they earned it, and. Penn State was two for its first 19 and twos. Ay. It's stunning. Stunning. All right? So sometimes you can take stats and you can look at it and go, oh, wow. They hit 11 threes. That's awesome. Look, Thornton's one of nine. How badly did Penn State beat this team? Oh, really? Two of their first 19 and twos. Yikes. It, you know, they obviously they made shots against Wisconsin and that helped, but they forced sure. they forced some things Saturday that they did not force against Wisconsin as well. It felt like they were playing in a phone booth at times. Yeah. You know, you want to get good spacing on offense, and this is something Joe Crispin and I uh, talked about today. Uh, you know, the... the the spacing and the flow. They didn't have spacing and flow on Saturday. Uh, and look, I mean, should there be a big difference playing on the road? Yeah, there's there's differences playing on the road. I've done enough road games in my career, but hey, it's. I mean, I don't know how you, how you go from a game with Wisconsin where you just did so many things right on Tuesday. And then play a game on Saturday, and you don't feel like you're seeing the same group. But that's the way you know when you cobble together a team, and you cobble together a team, which you had to. In 59 days, you are going to get some of these peaks and valleys. It's just the way it is. I mean, there's subtle things. For example, this this will be something I'll bring up with Mike on the talk show Thursday night. But let's talk about a subtle thing. 
that when you're starting a program, right, that people won't think about. But there's a certain way Mike needs conditioning to be done to play the way he wants to play. And it's different than what you know, what Pat what Pat had or uh, what Micah had or whatever. It's just, you know, everybody's their own ways. Micah had some subtle differences from Pat and so forth, okay? Everybody has their own because the way he wants to play. Greg Golden was not brought in the strength and conditioning coach until she's, I don't know, June maybe? So these guys haven't really gone through a full cycle with him yet. So, I mean, it's like that's a subtle thing that people don't think about. But it's something I'm going to bring up with him on Thursday. We'll see what he says about it. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business, Boat Motorcycle RV, Bundles. They'll do everything they can to make sure you're fully insured and save you money where they can. Customer service means everything to them at Sunbury Motors, actually at uh, Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Ummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Of course, this is the 12th anniversary of Joe Paterno's passing. Would not go through the show and not mention that. And how much to this day I miss him. And... We also mentioned the passing at 88 of Larry Zimmer. I mentioned his Rashan Salam call going over 2,000. Here it is. 28 yards to getting the 2,000. Here is the give to Salam. Salam to the outside. He's down to the 50. He's got 2,000. He's on his way. 20, 15, 10, 5. Did he get in? Yes, touchdown. Touchdown, Rashad Salam. This place is coming apart. Rashad Salam, full team going down. What a story. He goes over 2,000 by running 67 yards for a touchdown. I tell you, what a golden moment that is. I admit, I'm choked up. I tell you, what a golden moment. That's Larry Zimmer. Passed away at the age of 88. Colorado, Denver Broncos. So. But great call by a legendary guy. And again, could not have been could not have been nicer to me. So, all right. So there you are. Uh, and now the conference championship games are set. Uh, it's, I would say that of everybody, I thought the Ravens looked the best of anybody over the weekend. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think the most intriguing part of these championship games is is what the Baltimore's Mike McDonald does defensively against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, a lot's going to depend on the offensive line because I thought the offensive line now now they like the Bills are defensively a mess. Milano's out for the year. White's out for the year. They lost three guys in the divisional round. Of the, you know, or you know, last weekend in the wild card round, especially in the secondary. 
so they were really playing shorthanded. They only had four available linebackers yesterday. One got hurt. They were down to three. It was just a crazy setup for Buffalo defensively. Baltimore doesn't have that problem. They don't have that problem at all. Uh, it's going to be the first AFC championship game in Baltimore since January 3rd, 1971, when the Colts, led by Johnny Unitas, beat the Oakland Raiders. How about that? Think about that. I didn't realize the two Ravens Super Bowl teams were one road championship games. Yeah, they were road wins. Uh, One was against the Patriots uh, in Foxborough. And my my mentor, Gil Santos, that was his last game as the voice of the Patriots. He retired after that game. Now Bob Sochi, I consider a friend. Because, um, you know, going, going back to his time at Navy, uh, is now the voice of the Patriots. But that was Gil's last game. And they won that one. And the one with, with Brian Billick... Where did they win that one? That was 2000, right? Yeah. Because the Giants beat the Vikings, and Kerry Collins had a huge NFC Championship game, played great. Um, and then, of course, then they beat the Giants 35-7. to The Giants, in fact, the Giants' only touchdown was a kickoff return. Beat the Raiders. Beat the Raiders, so that had to be, what, in Oakland, right? Yeah, 16-3. to Yeah, 16-3. to hmm. Surprise, the Ravens didn't give up any points. Uh, so, yeah, but this is the first time that Baltimore has hosted an AFC championship game since 1971. And it's January 71, 1970 season. And Johnny Unitas threw a 68-yard. We were talking the other day about um, about Nick Saban leaving and how you've got to hit it right and you don't know if they hit it right till you start seeing it play out with Kalen DeBoer. And we talked about all the various guys that have been run through Alabama before they got to Nick Saban from Bear Bryant. The first guy was Ray Perkins. He caught a 68-yard touchdown pass from Johnny Unitas to put that game away against the Raiders. So Perk could actually play. <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, um, that's how far back it goes. I mean, when your last starting quarterback to quarterback a home AFC championship game was Johnny Unitas, it has been a while. <laughs> For a team that's not even in the town anymore. I know. <laughs> and, and Unitas hated the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. No, he would not he would not go to any Indianapolis Colts events. He never would. Right? In fact he he wanted uh, and he kept telling the Hall, he wanted to make sure, he says, it's the Baltimore Colts I played for, not the Indianapolis Colts. He, he just would not. I mean, even though his number's retired by the Indianapolis Colts, he would not, right? He, he, he would not go along with it ever. Uh, when the Colts played the Ravens in Baltimore, he would be on the Ravens sideline. Needless to say, Ursay is not one of his favorite people, or was not. I mean, Johnny Unitas has since passed away, but yeah. You know. I get it. 
there that was that was a uh I totally get it, too. a good time. <laughs> no, I totally get it, too, because, look, you feel like your team has been stolen from you. I Just like I'm sure, like, you know, all the Cleveland fans. I mean, imagine how, how awful it felt for them when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2000. I mean, they were the Cleveland Browns. I, imagine how they felt watching it. It's like, great, and there's Art Modell. Yeah, great. I mean, back then it was a Colts town too. It wasn't an Orioles town. Oh, they uh, the Colts owned that town. Lenny Moore, Raymond Berry, Gino Marchetti, John Unitas. I mean, and then you keep going through the ranks over, you know, and suddenly, you know, Lenny Moore becomes Tom Matty. Uh, you know, Willie Richardson gets in there. Jimmy Orr, John Mackey, who was the uh, Cadillac of tight ends. At the time, he was the gold standard at tight end. Uh, the you know, you know, Mike Curtis and Rick Volk and Lenny Lyles and uh, Bubba Smith and Ordell Bracey. I mean, they had some. I mean, they had some really terrific teams there. I mean, terrific teams. And yeah, that is. Uh, the guy you didn't mention, and who I I doubt I don't know if he wrote it or not, but who had a great book is Art Donovan. Art Donovan was the character. Yes, he was. Uh, funny uh, was actually with the Dallas Texans, who folded. But before they folded, they actually moved and they played nothing but road games. I don't think they won a game. They were like oh ten and one or something, and they. They had to practice at Hershey Park Stadium for the last like month and a half of the season. And our Donovan played on that team. See, we can localize stories. <laughs> kind of bring it back home a little bit. I was gonna yeah. say, I bet the Colts are in the same locker Hershey Park Stadium locker room that are still there now. Ah, <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I notice they're playing over at Cumberland Valley now. Uh but yeah. Um and happy for happy for Donovan Smith, who was uh talking about Joe uh passing away twelve years ago. You realize there were three guys in the playoff round this week that Joe recruited. Adrian Amos, Houston Texans. Um, Daquan Jones, Buffalo Bills. And Donovan Smith, the Chiefs. Think about that. Long runs for each of them. The long run for each of them. I, I didn't realize Adrian Amos was that old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's always the story I talk I tell my um broadcasting class. I said, look, I said, take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. I said, here's a little thing that you may go, Really? I said, but pronouncing names right. I said, nothing will kill your credibility faster, especially if you're young, than your your ability or the lack thereof to pronounce names correctly. I mean, the public address announcer at Ohio State, Saturday. Even the Ohio State people were like, what do you think of this guy? I go, well, I said, he is loud. They said, yeah, they don't like him. (laughs) 
I said, and it's favor IRA. It's not favor air. Really? They, they, they laughed. They said, it's okay. You got some of our names wrong, too. I'm like, great. <laughs> there is a pronunciation guy in both uh, right. team books, too. Right. <laughs> so now let me get to the Adrian Amos story. Amos comes in as a true freshman out of Baltimore. And you can tell in training camp he's going to play. He's not going to start, but he is going to play. And so one day he's out at the the old loading dock, which was beneath Joe's office. And I was leaving, and I saw him there waiting for a ride. I said, hey, Adrian, let me ask you something. He said, every time we turn around, I hear Tom Bradley, Scrap, call you Amos. I said, now in press conferences, I hear Joe calling you Amos. I said, is that how you pronounce your last name, Amos? I said, or is it it Amos like famous Amos cookies? And he rolls his eyes and he says, Mr. Jones, he says, I don't get it. It's Amos like famous Amos cookies, he says. I said, uh, I said, that's just scrap being scrap. He goes, yeah, I guess pretty much. He says, but so, of course, when he's playing here, right, the public address announcer is calling him Amos, right? I'm like going, what, what are we doing here, right? And I actually had twice, two fans come up to me and tell me why I don't pronounce his name correctly. And I said, I am pronouncing his name correctly. They said, no, no, it's Amos. They said, no, it's Amos. I said, I asked him. They went, what? I said, I asked him. I said, because I was hearing it like Amos. I said, it didn't make any sense to me. I said, so I just asked him, and he told me that everybody's just saying it wrong. He said, because Tom Bradley was was messing around is what he was doing in practice. Come on, Amos. You know what I mean? And then it caught on with everybody that he was doing that. Well, that's why I literally, I mean, you would think that would be an easy, it's obvious what it is, right? Like Smith or Jones. But I literally had to ask him, how do you pronounce it? Right? And he just he just shook his head. He says, he says, he says this is really crazy. I can't believe this happened. I said, I know. I said, Welcome to college football, Adrian. Who's uh, and, and by the way, his sister is actually doing photography work here now. Adrian's sister's here. Uh, you know, I can't imagine a freshman, you know, correcting Coach Paterno on his name pronunciation. Right? At that yeah. Point either. Right. He's not going to do that, and he's a freshman. He's not going to correct Tom. Right. Although with with him, I'm sure he knew Tom was messing around, and then all of a sudden it caught on with everybody, and everybody's calling him Amos. Well, that's not how you pronounce his name. And then when I had fans, it was just a couple, just a couple say, "I can't believe that you are mispronouncing his name." And I said, "I'm not mispronouncing his name." They said, no, it's Amos. I said, no. <laughs> it's Amos. And then I explained the story, and they went, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no. Because he's being called Amos in the stadium. Like, okay. Then finally, when Al Michaels was doing Sunday Night Football, and he was playing, I think at that point it was early, it was with the Bears. 
Then he went to the Packers. Somebody said, Al Michaels pronounces it the same way you do. I said, there's a reason. <laughs> it's correct. And I bet Al last, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... Well, somebody just, asked for him. How's that? Somebody asked for him, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but you. Do, I remember Matt Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N, tight end. He's the one that reached the ball over against Nebraska and scored, and he had it taken away by replay guys who don't know the rules. In 2012, he's obviously going to play. Okay. So it's L-E-H-M-A-N. Now, my first two years at Penn State, I go to Penn State Wilkesbury, and the campus is located in Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N, which is where Lake Lehman High School is, and which is where Connor McGovern of the Buffalo Bills went to high school. In fact, his dad is still the athletic director there. So I went up to him in practice one day, and I said, hey, Matt, let me ask you something. I said, it's L-E-H-M-A-N. Is it Lehman or Lehman? He says, uh, he looks at me, and he says, uh, it doesn't matter. I said, I said, what do you mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> I said, you're going to, Matt, you're going to play. I said, I want to get this thing right. I said, at the family picnic, is it layman or layman? He goes, well, it's, it's, it's actually layman. I said, good. See, and that, that's how you get around that stuff. You ask. Now, a lot of, a lot of teams are doing a very good job now on their roster online. Not every team does this, but some do, where they actually have a like a pronunciation. The player pronounces the name for you. But it's little things like that. I was telling them, I said, I know it's a small thing. I mean, it's a small thing. I said, but again, take care of the little things. The big things take care of themselves. So, yeah. Uh because because what's going to kill the credibility, especially of a young broadcaster with, with a fan base? No, he or she doesn't know what they're talking about. They can't even pronounce the name of the player right. Right? I mean, you have to be really, you know, especially young, you have to be really precise these days because you're trying to win people over to, you know, and it makes your entire message to them more effective when you've won them over and they think they know what you're talking about. If you can't pronounce the name of the player right, you're not winning them over, and they don't think that you know what you're talking about. That's why hockey is incredible. <laughs> you know, uh, what the heck? I'm trying to think. I mean, because they, they I mean, Yvonne Cornwaye. C O U R N. Maybe it's E Y E R, something like that. He was a he was a winger for the Montreal Canadiens. Right, Avon Cornwaye. Let's see. Let me see that. Yeah, here we go. Y V A N C O U R. Got that part right. N O Y E R. Okay. It's like doing play-by-play in football in the coal region, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I And this, Yvonne Cornwaye was a terrific right winger for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he is seventh all-time in Montreal in games played 968. 
fourth in goal scored in the history of the story Montreal Canadiens with 428, seventh in assists, sixth in total points. This guy, I mean, this guy was a heck of a player. So you'd have to pronounce his name correctly. But because he's, you know, he was touching the puck a lot. This guy played from uh, 64 to 79. But my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. How do you handle a whole group of that? So I'll tell you. Okay, so I'll tell you what. Here's one for you. Uh, we had a guy in college. I'm not going to say his name. But he struggled with names. And this was an era where Vetus Gerolitis and oh, Guillermo Vilas were playing in tennis. So he would just butcher the names and so forth. So he was doing the hockey scoreboard one day. Because I remember it was like the 11 o'clock sportscast. And he says, and the, the Montreal Canadiens beat the New York Rangers 4-2 as Guy LaFleur scored three goals. I'm going, oh, God. So he's done. So John Molesky and I were sitting there. John, of course, worked forever at C-SPAN. Right? And we said, okay, it's Guy Lafleur." And he went, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a hat trick. It's not just three goals. It's a hat trick. Okay, okay. So, and then I made the... I was trying to help. I said, Fred, think French. You know, Canadian. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, think French. That's great. That's a great tip. So we go, now 11.30 sportscast comes up, half hour later. He says, last night in hockey, the Montreal Canadiens beat the New York Rangers 4-2 as Guy Lafleur had a hat trick. We're like, oh, we're feeling pretty good. The next game up was the Sabres and the New York Islanders. He says, and meanwhile, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Sabres had this terrific penalty-killing center named Don Luce, L-U-C-E. He says, meanwhile, the Buffalo Sabres, led by Don Luce. I went, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, uh, we tried. All right, we'll wrap it up after this. The way in the legendary series between Team Canada and the Soviets in 1972. Paul Henderson with 34 seconds to go won it for Team Canada in the eighth and deciding game. Legendary. It was Yvonne Cornwaye who tied the game with seven minutes to go to set it up. 